0: Hi, and welcome to A Hero's Journey, a literary podcast. I'm your host and judge, Jack, and I'm here with my oligarchical Olympics. This is Alex. And I'm Zach. Each week, we look at a different book through Joseph Campbell's monomyth. Uh, This week, we're going to be doing something a little bit different. We're going back to the world of Red Rising, but we're not going to be looking at Darrow's story. We're going to be looking at the two characters that operate as either shadows or the other side of darrow's coin i think is a phrase that gets thrown around sometimes uh the jackal perhaps
1: perhaps a foil i was gonna say that zach
0: yeah but foil you can be a foil without being designed to exactly parallel them and both these characters very much parallel anyway we can discuss that in the episode the jackal and cassius so we're gonna run through and discuss some points that we think sort of match their hero's journey and where those kind of sit in reflection to darrow so starting off and it's definitely not a bias because his name starts with the letter j uh i wanted to start by talking about the jackal uh who i think is sort of on two different journeys one that he fails to meet, but the, it's the journey that he could be on and should be on, and his own personal journey in his mind, which is to escape his father's shadow, and eventually that gets conflated with escaping, killing, possessing Darrow as the person that has outshone him. Uh, and the journey that I really think he should be on if the Jackal was any character that could have gotten some redemption is to learn to love and be loved in return. And to start us off on both of those adventures, I think oddly enough, the Jackal's call to adventure is being born, but it's sort of the specifics of that. It's both being Mustang's twin and Augustus's second son, and therefore already falling behind his father's uh, favored brighter star in his older brother.
1: Yeah. And I think one of the interesting things about this call is it could go either way it could go a villain route or a hero route the villain route is the one that the jackal goes down uh in ta- taking in his father's ruthlessness and uh, struggling to instead of find love and favor to fulfill unneeded expectations i think would be the best way to put it so instead of like struggling to get Mustang to fail to follow the mazes that he draws, working with her and developing their relationship, their close relationship as twins, Um, instead of seeking his father's approval, which he'll never give because his father is not a good person looking for approval from others or just himself. So I think it's really interesting to see like this call could go either way down the hero or villain path.
0: Yeah. And as you've touched about sort of the jackal's childhood encompasses a lot of these early steps on the hero's journey and Mustang acts as a really good foil to that because we know she doesn't turn out to be a monster. And we know from their interactions that part of what saves her is uh, her relationship with the telemonuses And so I think it's very fascinating. When I came to look at a mentor for the Jackal, the only thing I could really find is his father's ruthlessness. And so I think that gives us an opportunity to discuss about really how important these mentors can be for our characters. Their childhood is very similar and it's a shift of a mentor that makes a lot of the characters who they are in this book. The Jackal is bad, ends up being bad because he lets himself be fed into the ways of Gold life through his father's eyes. Mustang ends up a lot better for the Telemonises and their love. Darrow has sort of many mentors throughout his life, but the one that is probably most impactful on him is his uncle, Gnarl. And that is part of the reason why Darrow is probably a good man, but not, or sorry, a great man, but not a good man, because Gnarl was also hard a bit like the way that the Jackal learned from his father's ruthlessness, Darrow struggled against his mentor.
2: So who's a good man in the world of red rising?
0: Well, that brings us over to the other character that we are going to spend a little bit of time talking about as uh, Darrow tells us in the books, Cassius is a good man. And he might in different, or if he'd been born in Darrow circumstances, Darrow believes that he would Cassius would have made the right calls unfortunately the one thing that we don't know we have a lot less details on Cassius's childhood so i couldn't really think of a good mentor for him uh anyone spring to mind for you guys that i'm blanking on for cassius uh no we don't
1: know enough about his relationship with his father or his mother we just know his mother is evil yeah sadistic um Another good man that I was thinking of is Darrow's father and his struggle. He he's like the peaceful struggle, right? He, he does the dance to say, hey, we need more food. The conditions in the mine aren't good. Um, so he would be one of the good men, I think.
0: Yeah. But of course that's part of also what shapes Darrow is he sees his father is a good man and his father dies leaving a wife to raise all of his children and struggle through anyway.
2: So it didn't necessarily pay to be a good man.
0: It definitely, in the in this world, it definitely does not pay to be a good man. And I think that's part of, again, uh, this is might get a little confusing with the jumping back and forth, but that's part of what the Jackal is sort of emblematic about because even, even when the Jackal struggles up against Darrow, the da- Jackal continues to succeed throughout his life.
2: All right. And so, so do you think that this book, at least in the first book, and it could be going into books two and three as well, how much of the nature versus nurture argument? Cause I don't remember if we actually talked too much about it when we were discussing just Darrow's journey. Are the, any of these characters predisposed to become the way that they are? You guys have talked about the mentors playing a huge role, but beyond the literary sense, right? Because the Jackal has to be evil because then we have an evil character. But right. if we were just looking at them as if they were real people, does the Jackal become a good person? Or uh, if let's say his sister is born before him instead of as a twin and therefore is able to have more of a hand, like let's say she's seven or eight years older than a more of a hand in his
0: raising. Well, I think that that gives us a really good opportunity to look at all three characters, major bellies of the whale. Right. And they, they all take place at different times in their lives. And you, you tell me Zach, because I think for me, the Jackal probably has his belly before anyone else. And that's when he gets a loan from his father to, high, to pay Carnus Bologna to murder his older brother uh, which to me speaks of the jackal being irredeemable or already down a darker path earlier than any of our characters next in line comes Darrow who as we've talked about has his rebirth into the world of golds proper when he brutally beats Julian to death in the bowels of the institute, Dude, uh, apologetically brutal. Julian's Brutally. trying to apologize.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh. Uh, and then, in response to that, as this book is also partially about the cycle of violence, Cassius's true belly of the whale, down his darker path that we see him on for a lot of these books, is when he ultimately betrays Darrow, even though. Cassius talks about how he knew Julian was being set up to die and that he knew somebody was going to do it. He chooses to exact revenge on Darrow rather than blame the system that set them all up together. And so I think we have three characters that each commit one of the darkest acts of their life, all because their society is pushing that, says that this is the way to push to the top.
1: Then they all respond very differently, right? And they're for different different reasons why they all chose to um, essentially kill a friend or close relative. Jackal is doing it for power. Iguero is doing it uh, in a sense of duty. And I think Cassius is doing it also from a, a sense of duty, uh, but also for revenge, right? Both of those. so they all respond very differently to what happens jackal goes down a a dark path of continuing to kill and plot against those close to him even um and darrow continues with a sense of duty and cassius is conflicted i think most mostly he's conflicted because he had those dual reasons um duty and then revenge, and he feels sorrow for that revenge. I don't know how this goes back to the um, nature versus nurture exactly, but uh, I do think they all respond differently to these acts, which is probably something to do with nurture.
2: See, I view Cassius's betrayal of Darrow as his crossing of the threshold, and then when we later find out that he takes his girl, that's the belly of the whale. He can't go back from there. He could have gotten back from stabbing him and leaving him to die.
0: Well, the the problem with any definition of a belly of the whale for Cassius is that ultimately his journey is one of learning that you can come home to your friends, not your actual family who are monsters. So if you think that Cassius's belly of the whale is ultimately his time on the moon... Uh, on the moon what do you think of for his road of trials well it depends on
2: what you've laid out Cassius's journey to be Um, in the event that it's redemption then I think the trials have to be the instances in which he is exposed to Darrow's you know ideas that are counter to his upbringing If those are the things that are going to change him and and undergo him to achieve his ultimate boon, then they have to be the different interactions with Darrow.
0: So you think the scene towards the end of Red Rising when when he makes his blood oath of revenge against Darrow after failing to rule House Mars, the way that the duel goes sideways and Cassius learns he's not at the top of the food chain, and then I guess the... Battle on the ice because Cassius is pretty certain that, uh, when Darrow is pulled out of his uh, coffin table that Cassius has made the right choices and he's in fact empathetic to Darrow if, you know, still a dick about it.
2: Yeah, I think those are good ones. I think there's got to be some amount of off ness There's definitely his, like, his apotheosis then falls when he's in lockup but that's jumping way ahead so
1: so zach in uh, kind of thinking about your nature versus nurture a little more um something that happens in medicine a lot is, is something called twin concordance studies where you look at twins and see how they respond um especially twins who are separated at birth or children who are adopted in like you just look at different family structures to see this nature versus nurture question, see what the answer is. So I think we could look to Mustang and the Jackal. They had the same initial childhood, but once they were split after their older brother died, uh, Mustang went with the Telemannises and became, uh, I think most people would say a good person and the Jackal, I don't know where he went, but wherever it was, wasn't a good place for him because he becomes one of the most ruthless evil characters in the series. So maybe a good question to think about would be, what would have happened if the jackal had gone to the Telemachus and Mustang had gone to the other place?
2: Well, there's only two real, um, there's three real situations, but the the middle one I don't think is very appealing. It wouldn't have been even written about. The first one is the Telemachus realized that he's like a bad apple from a nature perspective, and like. I don't know if they lock him away or they eat him into space, but uh, (laughs) like there might be a certain amount of, yeah, this guy's irredeemable. We can see that even though his father can't. And then the other side of the coin is that he develops like a sister and the middle of the fantasy develops exactly how he did anyway. um, But maybe he's got a slight amount of inherent guilt uh, that he doesn't (laughs) have at all now.
0: So on the flip side of that, I definitely think that, I think Cassius is an argument for one's inherent goodness overcoming their nurture because Cassius has an entire lifetime of his family and his society pinning him down with what he should be. And ultimately we know that he works towards fighting for what we, at least as the readers view as a better world, even if it definitely breaks him a lot along the way to get there. Um, But to, put a capstone on our departure I want to ask both of you do you think that the Jackal ever could be redeemed even from like a writer's challenge perspective you could write a story redeeming the Jackal how far back do you think you'd have to go in his journey to find a point where he hasn't been completely lost oh man definitely before his brother was killed (laughs) But even knowing that, don't you? Are, were you never suckered in in the second book to think that perhaps the jackal was going to be a bad guy, but an ally bad guy? When did we learn that he killed his brother? That's my only question. Mm, that's fair. <laughs> I don't remember. I think we learned after. I think that's the final conversation with the dad before he shoots him in the head.
1: Yeah. So yeah. that would be yes, yeah. I was suckered in. And then we learned that, <laughs> we learned brother, that he has God in the head.
2: I don't know. If we look at other works of fiction, um, I didn't follow The Walking Dead uh, as one of some people.
0: but We're not talking about Negan. <laughs> I want to talk about Negan. because
2: <laughs> If they give him a redemption arc, they can literally give anybody a redemption arc. Yeah, I think he could have had a, a redemption arc. I don't think it would have necessarily played well with a lot of the audiences, but I feel like the characters in World have enough um, grace. Isn't really the right word, but they have enough in them to for, to have they have a lot of forgiveness in them, and I don't think he um, he was beyond that.
1: So in our initiation, I think that all of our characters are developing a different worldview, including Darrow. They're all developing a different worldview and a different idea of what is wrong with society and how they can fix it. For the jackal, it's that he's not in charge and that other people might be. For Cassius, it's more that the society is flawed as it is and in a way that he didn't expect it to be. And then Darrow is more, we can't just replace the golds with the reds. We have to change society into a different way. So I think it would be interesting to see how through our steps they each progress to this different moral view.
0: Yeah. So let me start off with the Jackal. Uh, His road of trials is quite extensive because they're actually most of when we get to see him, uh, his he starts off uh still at the institute uh he has his transformation in the cave which well it could be a belly of the whale i so he definitely views as a trial for himself in which he takes his own name and becomes sort of the jackal in home and then he has his betrayal from his sister as part of the climax of that arc and the rest of his trials are spent sort of attempting to raise darrow up in order to eventually cast him down and take what he believes is his spot rightfully at his father's side and that large trial encompasses his other steps his meeting with the higher power is much like some other characters probably with darrow when darrow saves him from being assassinated And they form their tentative alliance. I'd like to imagine that in a better world, uh, the Jackal might have had a temptation to not murder Quinn after their daring escape. Uh, She's the one that Aja punches in the face so hard that she gets brain damage, and then the Jackal pushes a bone spike into her brain to make sure she dies. And that's ultimately what breaks uh, Darrow and Roke from each other. Yeah. And well, the jackal never experiences anything like atonement uh his he does have his moment of ultimate betrayal with his father, where he presents the truth to his father uh that Darrow is a red or well, he doesn't quite present the truth, he's getting to it, and his father tells him that he will never be enough and the jackal responds with murder and it is both apotheosis and ultimate boon as he seizes his place above his father finally stepping out of his shadow and finding that none of it makes him happy
2: did the jackal have more money than his dad when he killed him
0: who knows? His dad was the governor of Mars, so his dad had a planet's worth of money, even if, right, they were in open rebellion, he declared himself king of Mars. That's true. So, one thing about the jackal,
1: I think if he hadn't become obsessed with Darrow, he might have had a better chance to achieve his goal and keep his goal of becoming the sovereign and ruling everything, because his obsession with Darrow leads to mistakes. Right, it it leads him to uh, well, act
0: differently. It like, leads him to keep Darrow alive.
1: <laughs> yes, at least if he kept Darrow alive and act differently, right? If he had just killed his father and not kept Darrow alive, like slay Darrow at the same time, and then bided his time for a little bit, probably not very long, before killing Octavia too, he could have easily taken over and made himself sovereign. Um, But with his obsession with Darrow, he kept him alive, allowed him to escape accidentally, I guess, but allowed him to escape and ultimately uh, foil his plans for total domination of that world.
0: And while we're on the subject of uh, the Jackal's obsession with Darrow, I just feel like we have to talk about it a little bit. When the Jackal acknowledges staring at his own scepter, having, uh, you know, already decided that he's ready to betray. He was already ready to betray Darrow. And the scepter acts as the Jackal, understanding that Darrow knows him better than anyone else. And also as the proof that Darrow can't even be trusted to carry the Jackal's plans far enough because Darrow, right, that's what reveals to the Jackal that Darrow isn't just another gold after power. He is a revolutionary.
2: How do you relate the Jackal to other popular uh, patricide character from fiction, (laughs) Tyrion Lannister, who people seem to have a very positive view of in general? Because both the fathers were rich people who sucked, They've both done very terrible things. Is it just because Tyrion jokes more? Like, what's what's the delineating factor in public opinion?
0: And so we talk. Let, let's talk TV Tyrion because he's the popular one, um, or formerly popular one. Uh, one Peter Dinklage is a great actor. Um, yes. That definitely helps a lot. But I think the difference is is right. We're we're talking about. They are good world comparisons because they're both l- light, grim, dark, for lack of a better term.
2: And yeah, they're not 40K.
0: So. Yeah. Uh, but it's because Tyrion is, Tyrion is a man who feels forced to do these things and ultimately wants to help people somewhat. When he is on the small council, he's trying to do good things and rein in the worst impulses of people versus the Jackal is interested in ruling due to some sociopathic need. We don't watch the Jackal do anything good for anyone, except during his suckering in of Darrow, and we do get suckered in a little bit. I was contemplating whether or not they were trying to redeem the Jackal. Alex, you want to talk about sort of how you view Cassius' reshaping of the world?
1: yeah sure so i think his road of trials really kind of highlight how the world is flawed even even if he doesn't realize it at the time um he fails to rule house mars acting in the way that he thinks he's supposed to it fails and then you can see darrow come in and rule better and see that the world is not acting exactly as cassius thought it was And then he leaves the Institute and duels his way to the top of society. And I don't know how you wouldn't realize that something is wrong when, you know, killing people is what gets you more power and gets you to the top of society. And then his, and then his fights in the war fighting against Darrow, a man he knows to be good, but doesn't like for something that uh, was out of Darrow's control was Contrived again kind of just highlights that the world is flawed and there might be a better way to do this. I think the meeting with the higher power is when Darrow and Cassius duel. And again, this highlights what could be wrong with society Octavia forces him to duel, she is going to betray and slaughter uh, House Augustus at this dinner. And again, Cassius is fighting Darrow, who he acknowledges is a good man, or at least subconsciously knows is a good man. Uh, temptation for Cassius is obviously to continue with the status quo of gold and gold ruling over everyone. For an Atoma with the creator, we can see Cassius watching the videos of the Institute after Roke is dead and Darrow has captured him. And this, it just serves as a way to highlight and remind him what is good about gold what is bad about gold and what is better about the way that darrow wants to structure society uh, and that leads directly into the apotheosis realizing that the world is flawed um, which goes into the ultimate boon of dueling with darrow and mustang at the end of um at the end of morning star and helping helping to set society up in a better way. And then to prove to himself that he's setting society up in a better way, he takes Lannister Alun with him, right? Uh, In a way he can try and reform society by redeeming this person, the symbol of gold society, the, the biggest symbol of gold society that is left.
0: And also, you know, stop Severo from straight icing a 10 year old. Also
1: that, I mean, that's a good thing. Um.
0: Uh, and we've talked about Darrow's journey through society quite a lot, but just for anyone that needs a refresh, uh, Darrow spends most of our second book, Son of Gold, rising through golden society in a series of trials and tribulations, but he, he starts playing the game their way, even after he'd had a revelation... Even after he's had his realization that he's more than just Harmony's Blade, he spends Golden Sun playing by the gold's rules, and ultimately, that leads to his downfall and this betrayal that we've talked about with the jackal and It isn't until he goes sort of a another remaking in Morning Star that Darrow realizes that it's not about just what he wants and taking things. It's about elevating everyone up together to remake society. And And I'm sure they
2: do that perfectly and have no problem.
0: And then one last time when then he puts his wife in charge of everything. So, you know, he's not perfect. Um, So, I think
1: both uh, Cassius and Darrow's temptations are similar. Darrow's is to replace... The gold with the red basically flips society. So the red is in charge and decimate gold. And then Cassius is to keep with the status quo, keep gold in charge and keep the reds under, under their foot. Zach, why do you think that, or do you think that the temptations are different? And if they are, how?
2: I think the main reason that they are the same is that they both they both require the rejection of the other, right? There's no world in which, or at least in their minds, these ideas meld in any meaningful way. If they, yes, they're, they're one's a revolutionary, one's a status quo, but they both involve power, and in their own views, both groups can't have the power at the same time that doesn't mean that's how it is in reality but i don't think that either character at least in throughout majority of their journeys is willing to accept uh a a melding of the ideas
1: yeah you can see in reality at the end that gold and red can work together in harmony right with mustang in charge and dancer helping the um Helping run society as well. You know, both both Gold and Red can work together, but it takes a long time for Daryl to realize it, and a lot of struggle for Daryl to realize it, and then Cassius it's faster, but it is also at the end of the, the series when he realizes that.
0: And to pull it back to our favorite uh, canid family boy, Do we feel that the Jackals... What is the Jackal lacking to see that their society is wrong? Because he and Cassius also both come up in the society, are part of two very powerful warring families, and yet Cassius... And both of them spend a lot of time with Darrow, who we know has a huge impact on people. So what is it that means the Jackal is incapable of seeing that things are wrong and instead goes, I want to put that man in a box.
2: Well, I think, uh, I think it's because there's nothing wrong with the existing infrastructure in his opinion, right? It's just he wants to swap who's on top. At the end of the day, he, the the best system for the jackal is the system that places him on top, whether that's a revolution where he's on top and can do what he wants or that's the status quo where he's on top and do what he wants. It doesn't really matter as long as he's top dog.
0: <laughs> dog. Fair enough. Uh and then, honestly, the only last bit we have to discuss about is uh, what the jackal, the Jackal's real ultimate boon for the journey he should have been on. Uh, right? The, this twist in the Jackal's trajectory comes in the final confrontation of Morningstar, where after our heroes win their final battle, the Jackal begins to... Cackle because he has he believes he's won. He has the nukes in place, all of his obstacles have been removed, and he tells Darrow to basically kneel. And that is his glorious revolution, and that will lead him to the ultimate boon of him being on top. And instead, Darrow responds by ripping out his tongue. Which I think leads to a very immediate secondary apotheosis in which he realizes that all of his dreams are going to be falling apart. And I would like to imagine that that version of the Jackal perhaps did realize that what mattered, should have mattered, was his family and accepting that his sister really did love him and that he didn't need to always attempt to win through the way that his father ascribed winning and his actual ultimate boon rather than conquering the galaxy and being sovereign is that final last gentle tug he feels on his feet as he does the hangman's dance proving that his sister really did care for him even if he was a monster it's been a little bit of a different style of episode uh and neither of these characters have returns that we can talk about because the book ends in one of their death and the other one running off to live his own life uh which I guess are uh, freedoms to live in their own way, but we're not going to go into that. Uh, but let us know what you think. Uh, is this the kind of thing you guys might be more interested in hearing? Some free, more freeform discussion on characters in series we've already been through. You can always reach out to us at a hero's on Facebook.com or at a underscore heroes underscore journey on Twitter or drop us a message in the Discord. Thank you so much for joining us. If you've been enjoying Hero's Journey, don't forget to leave us a review wherever you get your podcast from. Ding, poke, whatever buttons they demand. Uh, The feedback really helps and traffic is how we rate our value as humans. As always, I've been your host and judge, Jack.
2: This is Alex. And I'm Zach.
0: And join us next week on a special episode with Zach and I diving into the second part of The Two Towers from Lord of the Rings. Oh, thank you.
2: I did it. I saved us (laughs) an hour and a half.
0: We're trying to get an episode here, man.
2: (laughs) I did it.